Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode 18 of Believe in Betting LA. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Lewert. Chris, we had a bye week, an unintended bye week last week. Unfortunately for our audience, both of us came down with some sort of virus. I think you had a sinus infection. I had some sort of mysterious cold or something. They were not able to figure it out. I'm still kind of recovering from it. You can probably hear it in my hoarse voice. And maybe I just got sick because I had a really bad uh, previous week where I went 1-4-1, one, and one, uh, which brought my record down to 16-18. and 18. Uh-oh, losing record. But... All good. We have Chris. You went 2-1-2. Two, and two. You're standing at 23-11-2 on the season, Chris. Take a bow. How are you? We're recording this on Thursday evening, October 24th. How you doing? It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I'm doing better now. I think uh, one of us was sick to our stomach, yourself, watching your Wisconsin Badgers, and I had ooh, uh, ooh, bursitis 60 of the seconds sinus. in. You're hitting me deep. <laughs> I had, to go, right. I had to go right in. I don't want to. I don't want to let this. Uh, I want to let this fester. We got to rip the bandaid off. Um, yeah, it was a brutal, brutal, brutal loss. Don't want to talk about it. The second biggest against the spread opposite in the Big Ten Conference since 1982. Um, you know, this is what happens when you when you play conservatively. You play not to lose. You end up losing. So it's a good lesson to all you aspiring coaches and players out there. Play aggressive. Play to win the game. And that's what we're doing here today. We're playing to win. We're betting to win. Again, this is believe in betting. L.A., episode number 18. We're almost out of the teenage years here, Chris. And just some brief administrative stuff here. We are available wherever you choose to get your podcast from. That includes iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart. You can also find our podcast and all the other great Believe podcasts at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. On Twitter, at Believe Podcasts. My Twitter handle is smaxwell 713 Chris, the Lou Man, is Lou Man Dingo Rock. At Lumendinger Rock, and of course, Stag Capital is at Stag Cap. All right, so we missed last week uh, in both the NFL and college, and it was a good week for both of the local college teams here in LA. The Trojans destroy Arizona 41 to 14. UCLA with probably their biggest win of the Chip Kelly era. They beat Stanford on the road 34 to 16. A great win for them there. Let's briefly talk about two weeks ago, Chris. That would have been. Uh, NFL Week 6 and College Football Week 7. I went 1-4-1. One, and one. I don't know why I decided to back both the Chargers uh, and the under in that game. We also took the Rams. They lost at home uh, to the Niners. You took the Niners outright, I believe. Money Ryan, so that was a good one. Uh, so I now sit at 16-18-1. It actually feels a lot worse than that, so I'm actually okay with only being down two units. Uh, you're at 23-11-3. I know you say you're just doing the same uh, as any other handicapper, and that obviously you'll probably regress to me, and I'm sure that's probably going to be true, but you're doing really great. Give us just a kind of brief kind of peek behind the curtain here. Uh, how have you been identifying these games? How have you been identifying your best bets? What have you been doing that's working so well for you? Well, I should I should say, actually, I tied the Niners' first half money line, which was frustrating enough because I didn't watch the game, and then I looked at the box score and was like, oh, this is a winner. No, it's a tie. So that felt a little bit like kissing your sister. Um, but no, honestly, I mean, I wish I, I, and it's funny cause I had a friend who said the same thing. He's like, Oh, you're really, you know, you're on point. What are you doing? What's your strategy? And it's not, you know, it's not anything I would say other than dumb luck. Like, I wish I could tell you I had 
some sort of secret, like I figured it all out or Stag Capital's figured it all out, and then I really haven't. I just, when I look at the games and I look at the matchups, I'm trying to predict where I think the line is going to move and where the value is going to be. So it's really just a guess on where those early lines are and then how I think they're going to move. And really that's from experience and from looking at them you know, day in and day out for, for months and years and just kind of predicting where those bookmakers want to get the money down early and then how it's going to switch. So really it's, you know, you can kind of use your gut in those situations, right? I wouldn't recommend ever betting with your gut. You should always bet the number and not the team. But if you feel like you've got some info that lets you know that like, whoa, this game is way off sides. Like this should not be a plus 200 money line. Perfect example. And I've said before, we don't like to bet kind of season-long props, and we even kind of stay away from series bets at, at Stag Capital, but the Nats and Astros. Uh, I think I saw the Nats, like, plus 205 to win the series, to win the World Series, and I was just like, this is this is just too high. I mean, uh, the Astros are great, but the Nationals have Strasburg and Scherzer that are just as good as Cole and Berlander. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, embrace the variance of Garrett Cole. The guy isn't going to... He's a great pitcher, but he's not all of a sudden the best pitcher of all time, right? He was bound to revert to the mean, right? Um, similar to what my betting is probably going to be. You know, I'm due for a couple weeks here where I'm probably going to go one and four. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for now, you, you keep your head on a swivel, and football, as in life, is a, is a game of inches. Indeed, yeah. Well, we can get on uh, – we can talk about believe in betting the World Series another time. But, yeah, I mean, obviously Nash is up 2 nothing right now, and – a uh, little bit of karma there. Brandon Tauman, assistant general manager, uh, the source of a lot of controversy this week. Just got fired today. So the Astros obviously trying to turn that karma against them around. So uh, interesting perspective there uh, in, in kind of talking about it. I also briefly want to talk to you as we kind of turn the page. It doesn't feel like it here in L.A. We're in, in the high 80s at 645 at night. But we need to start looking at weather when it comes to these games. You know, a perfect example is that Niners-Skins game. Niners at minus 10, I believe the over-under was 41 or something like that. Um, you know, those are, I thought the Niners were a great minus 10 bet. And, you know, I, I liked the under, but I didn't love it. And then it becomes a monsoon. And, you know, if you watched any of that game, none of these guys had any footing. Yeah, Joey Bosa slipping, sliding all over the place after slides, or after sacks, excuse me. Uh, Kittle took an end around and just fell right on his face. When that kind of weather happens... It shows you you need to pay attention to these things on Sunday morning because that's an easy slam spot under. It's not always just rain, but it can be wind. It can obviously be snow. These things affect the games. It gives you a chance to bet the underdog. It gives you a chance to take the under. Both those things are going to correlate, generally speaking, when it comes to wet games. There's going to be a lot of these, and they come sometimes kind of pop out of nowhere. I think the odds makers are slow to respond. I don't think they really have time to respond to those things. So if you can kind of plan ahead for those things or Sunday morning, really have your eye on a swivel, just a, just a PSA out there. It's going to start snowing. It's going to start getting windy. It's going to start raining all over the place in both college and in the NFL. You have to look at the weather for outdoor games. It's just a, a general PSA. I think we all uh, need to be paying attention to that a little bit more. All right. So let's move on. Let's talk here about college football. We're going to start with the USC Trojans. They're going to lead us off. Friday night, tomorrow evening, again, we're recording this Thursday evening, October 24th. They're headed to Colorado to take on the Buffaloes from Elevation. This one's tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific time from Folsom Field. We have the Trojans now 4-3 and three overall, 3-1 and one in the Pac-12. So they still have their eye on the prize in the Pac-12 South. 
of course, they could still go to the Rose Bowl, potentially, taking on the Colorado Bluff. Bluffs, excuse me. That's kind of a harbinger we're going to be fair. talking I, about there's here. There's a buff the, in there. That works. That works. The Bluff. That's what the locals <laughs> they're, say. They're 3-4 and four overall, 1-3 in three conference. After a hot start to the Mel Tucker era, they beat, of course, Nebraska at home. They are struggling. They've lost their last two games at Oregon, at Washington State. A combined score of 86 to 13. This one, the Trojans, I have it at 12. I think you got it more at 13 and a half. So we're seeing some different lines there. The over-under is 64.5. What are your thoughts on this one here, Chris? I like USC in this game. It's actually, my bet is USC in the game. I, so like you said, I found it at minus 13 half uh, at 102, at minus 102, I should say, which I think is, is a pretty good price. I think SC is going to beat these guys by 24 points. Um, they showed good um, at the end of the Notre Dame game, and it was a little too little too late, and I think Notre Dame would probably take their foot off the pedal a little bit, but uh, SC needs to needs to pound kind of these, these games, because I don't think Colorado's all that great. Um, yeah, the air is rare. They're going to be a mile up, but they're a much better team than Colorado. Uh, I think this line is going to move to 14, if you're already seeing it, 14. Uh, other places, I love it at 13 half. Um, I take USC with confidence in the full game here. If you love it at 13 and a half, you are going to love it at 12. And this is a great example of shop the lines. Yep. Okay. You know, I find it at 12 right now. You're finding it at 13 and a half. That's a major difference. I do think we're going to see this this line move the opposite way. Um, there was snow on the ground. I saw a picture of Folsom Field earlier today. There's a lot of snow there. Looked at the forecast. It's supposed to be uh, in the high 50s tomorrow in Denver and Colorado. So I don't think we're going to see weather really affect this game. But another example of why you check the weather, because that certainly could affect how we bet this game. As you mentioned, SC coming off of back-to-back great games. They've, they've covered back-to-back games. They've actually covered three of their last four this season, uh, believe it or not. And Colorado just looks absolutely dreadful right now. They are not explosive, and their defense is absolutely just getting pummeled. SC's is still a very talented team. Just because we downgraded them after a couple of bad losses, a couple of key injuries, of course, to quarterback position and, and various other places, does not mean they're not a talented team, does not mean they're a bad team. And they are in a position here to, I think, absolutely spank the Colorado Buffaloes. I'm also going to take the Trojans here. I just took them at minus 12. If you can get it at 12, do it absolutely right now before it goes to 13. It could absolutely go to 14, as you mentioned as well. So we're both on the Trojans here with, uh, with the, the spread. So let's move on. Let's talk about UCLA. And as I mentioned, coming off of potentially the biggest win of the Chip Kelly era, they beat Stanford last week on the road, 34-16. to Maybe, just maybe, they're starting to turn the corner here. The Bruins are still only 2-5, and five, but both those wins have come in conference. They're hosting the upstart Arizona State Sun Devils, led, of course, by head coach Herm Edwards. They are 5-2 and two overall, 2-2 two and two in the conference as well. Sun Devils are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. The over-under is 55-and-a-half. This one is Saturday afternoon, 4.30 p.m. from the Rose Bowl. Give me your thoughts here, Chris. I think UCLA is schizophrenic, uh, although I don't think Stanford's any good. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much credit in that being a great win. Um, Chip Kelly, again, I keep saying it, he's going to be working at Fox Sports Southwest uh, sometime next season. We're going to be seeing him do a college football analysis. UCLA is not very good. Arizona State. I love Herm Edwards. Uh, I'm more interested in his pre and post game and halftime interviews than I am more so the football team. Um, but here, uh, I like the under first half 27. Uh, I'm seeing it at plus 109, and I think that's probably going to move in the right direction, maybe plus 113, 115 if you can get it. 
And yes, high-powered offense and all that, but it's the best price that I've seen in this game. Full game over unders. It's uh, it's the best value uh, in these games so far, and I hope it I hope it moves more in the right direction. Yeah, no, I think that's a good price there. I'm actually going to go the opposite way here, and I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, therefore, I am going to take UCLA and the over in a teaser. I like oh. a UCLA plus nine and a half and over 49 and a half. Here's my handicap on this game. I think we're downgrading Arizona State a little bit too much off of a 21, or their, their defense, I should say, uh, after a 21 to three loss last week at Utah. Very difficult place to play. Utah likes to slow the game down. They like to grind it out. I don't think we're going to see that type of game on Saturday at the Rose Bowl. I think we're going to see both teams move the ball. I think we're going to see both teams score as well. 49 and a half is a very, very easy number to hit. I do think UCLA keeps it close enough. Maybe a one possession loss for UCLA. I can get them at plus nine and a half. I like that there. It makes me queasy, obviously, taking this UCLA team. They have been extraordinarily up and down. Uh, but guess what? So has this Arizona State team. They have two quality road wins. They beat Michigan State. They beat a ranked Cal team that happened to lose their quarterback in the second quarter. Uh, but I don't think this team really is the same team away from Tempe. Uh, and I do think this UCLA team has enough in the tank to keep it close. So I'm going to go ahead and take the teaser here. UCLA plus nine and a half and the over at 49 and a half. It's time for our college best bet now here, Chris. I think you have a MAC team in the action, so I'm excited to hear it. Let's see it. I do love myself some action. And I was also really excited that before we started, I actually knew the mascot of the team that I'm going to be betting on, which is... To be uh, fair, it's a pretty easy one. I, you gave yourself a little bit too much credit for that one. Is it? Okay. In, in well, my opinion. It felt, it felt like a big one for me. Fair enough, um, fair enough. My best bet is uh, Bowling Green playing at Western Michigan. Uh, Western Michigan under 23 half in the first half at plus 135. Um, Nothing more than a great price. Uh, I was comparing it to some of the other sites. Saw it at plus 135. Others were down around 120. I even saw one that had a 117. So uh, just happy to get my money down on something like this. And fade, you know, the public perception of Mac games all being, you know, 56-50. So uh, happy to fade Joe Public, happy to get my money down at a good price, and go Broncos. Go Broncos. All right. Well, I'm going to keep it in that region of the country. It's not the MAC, unfortunately, but we are talking about Michigan hosting Notre Dame here. Michigan, speaking of teams turning the corner there, I was very impressed with how they came back last week when they went down 21 nothing at Penn State. I actually did not watch that second half, so I can't really comment on how they actually looked. I turned it off when it was 21 nothing because I thought the game was absolutely over. It turns out they had a chance to tie the game very late uh, where there's a timely drop. Shea Patterson starting to play better. This defense has been great all year. And, you know, I think we downgraded this Michigan team a little bit too much after they got blown out by the Badgers in Camp Randall September 21st. That game just got out of hand really quickly there. Uh, they were down 35 nothing before you knew it. They lost Dylan McCaffrey. Shea Patterson was pulled because he was completely ineffective. That was just a bad spot for Michigan. I don't think they're a bad team. I don't think they're a great team either. I think they're a 9-10 to win team. They're a team that's very much capable of beating a very overrated Notre Dame team at home. They're coming off of a good, a, a good effort against Penn State, and they're in a get-right spot here. I don't think Notre Dame is a particularly good team. They don't have a lot of team speed on offense. I don't like Ian Book particularly much as a quarterback. And I do think that Harbaugh... We'll have this team fired up. He addressed those rumors this week about him planning for his exit strategy to the NFL. I mean, let's be real here. If Harbaugh can't get it done in Michigan, you think the NFL is going to come calling to try to hire him? I, I just don't see it. 
I would love to see him back in the NFL, but I, I don't think that's his plan. I think he is being genuine when he says that he's here in Michigan for the long haul, as long as they have him. Getting paid, of course, $8 million a year certainly helps keep a coach there. Um, so I like Michigan here. They're plus one right now. It's basically a pick em. If you can get that one point, great. I've seen them as swing as much as a one-point favorite as well. I think Michigan handles this game pretty easily. I think they win by 10 points here. My college best bet of the week, Michigan Wolverines plus one. Let's transition and talk about the NFL. But before we do, I just want to give a shout-out again to our friends at the L.A. Football Network. Of course, that's another podcast for the Believe Podcast Network. The guys over there do a great job. Ryan Dairud and Taylan Graff are the hosts and operators there. And that's the L.A. Football Network, Los Angeles Football Network, LAFBnetwork.com. They have a bunch of great content. They link our podcast and all the other L.A. football podcast for the Bleed Podcast Network there. So show some love to the L.A. football network. Go check it out. They've got a lot of great content. They pump out their own podcasts where they just talk about the L.A. football teams, uh, just kind of covering them as a whole. So uh, fired up to talk about them. And they've given us a shout-out on Twitter a couple of times. So uh, we're going to give them a shout-out every single time we have a podcast. Let's move on. Let's talk about the NFL. And we're going to start with the Chargers. And if you watched their game last week, Chris, their loss to the Titans is as charge of a loss as I've ever seen. For those of you that did not watch that game, and I don't blame you, the Chargers had multiple, and I mean two, game-winning touchdowns reversed. They're called in the field and reversed. Malcolm Gordon, of course, fumbles into the end zone. They lose the game. They do end up covering, actually, but they lose the game. I mean, that's just a terrible way to lose. Uh, this Chargers team now is 2-5. and five. Had they won that game, they very much have a chance uh, to still not just win the division, or not just make wild cards, say, but actually win the division, which, of course, uh, was unthinkable even a couple weeks ago before that Pat Mahomes injury. Crazily enough, he's back at practice now, so who knows? But this is a do-or-die moment for the 2019 season for the Chargers. They're 2-5. and five. They're taking on the Bears on the road, who also, I think, kind of faced a do-or-die moment here. This is almost like a, an elimination game uh, in late October for both of these teams. The Bears are 3-3. Three and three. They're four-point home favorites. This game is 10 a.m., of course, from Soldier Field. The total is 40.5 here. This is such a gross game. I don't even know where to begin here, Chris. I'm going to pass the baton to you. Give me your thoughts here. Yeah, I'm going to have to resist not spending 15 minutes talking about the Bears uh, and how much I loathe Mitch Trubisky. Um, and if you didn't see the end of that Chargers uh, sequence last week, uh, find it online somewhere. It is spectacular and well it's worth comically bad. Well worth the what was it like, eighteen minutes of reviews or something? Uh, it went on forever. It really did. Just just comical. Just absolutely spectacularly finding ways to lose football games. Uh, much respect to the Chargers. That's the. That was like a, a 19, mid-90s version of the Cubs uh, inventing ways to lose football games. In this football game, I just like you said, the Chargers desperately need it. They are the walking wounded. Um, I think they've got a lot of reasons to kind of quit on the season right now. Everybody, Everything's going the wrong way. Everybody's hurt. Uh, although I did see Hunter Henry back out. Good for him. Glad, glad to see you. Looking down laughing at you. He's been, he's been yeah, that's right. He is. Hunter, Hunter Henry's going to... Yeah, gonna call me out, and I'm looking forward to that, uh, Hunter. Stay well, buddy. Um, for the so, my bet in this game is the Bears minus four, and I can't believe I'm actually taking that. Um, I'm taking it because the 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 numbers are plus 103, which is is the best I saw in that game for anything right now. Uh, and if the public knows what they're doing, even a little bit, they will not bet on the Bears. So, I like that price. 
I think these teams are pretty equally matched. The Bear defense is really good, but I think they're upset. I think they're tired of, of going out there and the entire game resting on them because Mitch can only handle 30% of Nagy's playbook, and Nagy, for some reason, not understanding that Mitch isn't any good and just <laughs> running option or something because the one thing the kid can do is run a little bit. He's very um, athletic. Yeah, it just it, it makes me want to pull my hair out. The Bears aren't any good. I think I said it at the beginning of the season, if you could get as much money down as you had on a Bears and Browns season total under, enjoy this one. I think the Bears do win the game, and I think they probably win by a touchdown, but ugh, it's going to make me sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy, we kind of crowned him as the next young, uh, up-and-coming offensive mind last year, and I think that was obviously a bit too premature, of course, uh, with what he's working with right now, it's, it's, it's difficult. However, uh, right now they look terrible. You know, the Chicago team reminds me of, Chris, Tell they me. remind me of last year's Jacksonville Jaguars coming oh, up yeah, the season portals there. where they were excellent. They had an excellent defense. They're very talented. Everyone kind of just figured, you know what, this team's going to pick up right where they left off. And that never seems to happen for defenses, especially when you have a quarterback like you mentioned that does not inspire confidence, that gets the defense frustrated. And that's when a very talented, very good defense, and they don't play as hard as they possibly can, they go to a very average defense. And I think that's exactly what we saw with Jacksonville last year. I think that's exactly what we're seeing here with the Chicago Bears. We're going to continue seeing here. Now, the Chargers, as up and down as they've been, I do think they're going to come in here and be competitive. I don't know if they're going to win this game, but four seems to be a lot of points here. Um, I do think the Chargers keep it close. And look, I'm an under better. I think we all know that's very well established by now. I took an over previously, and I'm going to take it over here. Last week, I took the over in the Saints-Bears game. 37 was just way too low. And I'm going to do it again here, this time in a teaser. I'm taking Chargers plus 10. I'm taking over 34 and a half. So Chargers plus 10 and the over 34.5. I like it a lot here. I do think this is going to be a very gross game. But, you know, the Bears, as gross as they were last week, they found a way to score two garbage-time touchdowns. The Chargers, as gross as they were last year, <laughs> last week, I should say, they scored a touchdown late in that game. They had a chance to score another touchdown in that game. So both these teams, they can move the ball. They're not the prettiest teams. They're going to get up and over 34.5. I do also like the over 40.5. I'm not going to actually take that. Uh, but I do think the Chargers will keep this close here. I think the low total kind of favors the underdog as well here. And I do think this is kind of a do-or-die game for both. So I think they're both going to score. So I'm going to take that teaser. Now, we're moving across the pond here. This one is Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time from Wembley Stadium in London. That is the 0-7 Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Rams. 4-3 coming off of their best win of the year, obviously, where they crushed the Falcons last week here. Who are you taking in this one? London games are always a little bit tricky, but I think I know your pick here, Chris. They are, yeah. I'm taking Rams minus 7 in the first half at plus 108. Um I've been a little bit surprised by the Rams uh, these past couple weeks. They're a talented team. They're a good team. It seemed like they moved some deck chairs around the Titanic a little bit here this past week with uh, with their trade of, was it Marcus Peters? Um, so they traded away Marcus Peters yeah. and obviously put a key to leave on the IR. Uh, and then they acquired who, who's potentially a top five most important defensive player in the entire league, and that's Jalen Ramsey. Uh, and so that, you know, that really helped their defense as a whole. It kind of, I think kind of brought them back to where they feel like they needed to be. Yeah, I think I think they needed a punch in the arm. I think this team is is too good and too talented to kind of continue the way they've been going. You know, to have a lull at this point in the season is a little surprise to me. But I I'm going to say their pride kicks in here, um, and I've got this obsession with putting money down on Aaron Donald. 
So Rams <laughs> minus seven first half. Don't know how the game will go. So uh, I'm trying to get my money in early before uh, something crazy happens there in the second half in London. We're both going to agree on this one. I'm just going to take this one from you. I think it's a great bet. I think the handicap is right on. Look, these London games here, it's difficult to know, obviously, that, you know, the, the Rams are on the road last week. You can talk about how they've been away from home for so long. They, you know, when you get there, sometimes teams show up way too early and it's bad for them. Sometimes they show up way too late and it's bad for them. They're acclimating the new time zones. There's a lot of different factors, a lot of different variables at play. It comes down to this. Which coach do you trust to prepare their team for a difficult environment more? The 0-7, fresh out of the JV football team league, Cincinnati Bengals? Or Sean McVay, who we're talking about as one of the best coaches of this generation. Now, obviously, Zach Taylor learned under Sean McVay, so that could be a little ironic there. But I'm going to trust Sean McVay here. The Bengals have been notoriously awful in the first half all season. I'm surprised that it's only a seven-point spread here. I thought it was going to be 7.5. I like this one a lot here. I do think the Bengals come back and make this one in one possession game or a 10-point loss, something like that. So I'm not necessarily going to take the Rams full-time here, and nor do I have really an opinion on the total at 47.5. But I do really like the Rams to come out here, kick them right in the rear end, dominate that first half, be up something like 24 to 10, something like that, if the Bengals can even get that far in the first half. And I like the Rams here in this spot. So we're going to both agree on their Rams minus seven first half. And it's time here for NFL Best Bets. Chris, we'll start with you. NFL Best Bets. Um, We need a lead in. Jingle or something. Yeah, that'd be great if someone wants to sponsor that and uh, not have Chris sing it. I would have, not yeah, have me all ears. If you want to pay, you need to pay money to get me to not sing. Right, right. That's um, a great way to enlist some sponsors because uh, no one wants to hear you sing. And that's right. That's how we get value and uh, believe in betting LA. Um, so my best bet is uh, the Giants of the Lions. I'm taking the Giants' first quarter money line. I feel like I've been really running the money lines here as of late, but. Uh, what can I say? I, I like it. Plus 170 is what I saw, Giants in the first quarter. Um, I don't think Danny Dimes is uh, is the be-all, end-all. I think they were a little quick on that, the national media. But um, the Lions are a competent team. I actually think the Giants are also a competent team. And I think uh, I think I like putting my money down. First quarter, sure wouldn't mind. Giants uh, kicking a field goal and then a little back and forth and a lot of punting. That's an interesting pick because if you've paid attention to the – NFL trade deadline and all this week, the Lions made a very controversial trade. They shipped uh, cornerback, defensive back Quandre Diggs to Seattle, and that kind of sent shockwaves around the Detroit Lions locker room. People are saying there's a mutiny there, that people are freaking out about this trade, and they hate head coach Matt Patricia, that they just gave up on the season that quickly after they started, of course, uh, two, one, and one. Uh, so that's interesting. You know, a team that's not very motivated, they can come out flat. Uh, this Giants team, while not being particularly good, is certainly capable of having one good quarter put together. So that's an interesting bet there uh, if you want to take that for Chris. My best bet here is the Texans hosting the Oakland Raiders. Five and a half is the spread that I'm seeing here. The Texans are at home. Let's talk about the Texans here for a moment. What kind of teams do they struggle against? Football teams? (laughs) Football teams. (laughs) They're, they're, They're a pretty good team. They struggle against teams that have a pass rush. Even after trading... For Laramie Tunsil, this offensive line is still bottom of the NFL, definitely below average. When there's a pass rush, Deshaun Watson's out there getting crushed. He's lobbing the ball up. When he does not have time to throw, he's not the same quarterback. When they do have time to pass, like they did against Atlanta two weeks ago, who were number 32 in the league in sacks, they put up 51 points. This Texan team, this Texans offense, operates on all cylinders 
when they have time to throw. The Raiders are number 27 in the league in total sacks for this season. They have not been the same, obviously, since they traded Khalil Mack. The Raiders are a very underrated team. I thought they were going to be terrible this year. I still think they don't quite make it to nine wins, and I'm going to hit that season total under. But I'll give credit where credit's due. They're a lot better than I thought they would be. They're a well-coached team, a lot better coached than I thought they would be under John Gruden. Uh, they looked great, obviously, against your Bears in London. However, they do not have a pass rush. I don't care that Will Fuller's out. I think Kenny Stills and Kiki QT are perfectly capable to go in there and catch balls from Deshaun Watson. I think the Texans win this one by 10 points to two touchdowns. I, this is a slam spot for me. I really like the Texans at minus five and a half. So go ahead and get that one down there. Sam, have you yes. heard Have you heard Laramie's nickname? Laramie Tunsil's nickname? I have not. I have not. Laramie Turnstile. I was hoping it would be something with the gas mask on draft day, but no, Turnstile's pretty good as well. Turnstile, because uh, apparently no one on that team can pass block. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to have a short career if they don't figure figure a way to save him. Gave the godfather offer for Laramie Tunstall and Kenny Stills, and then offensive line is still terrible. I mean, it's just a shame to see Deshaun Watson take these kind of hits. I mean, the guy literally couldn't fly in an airplane last year because he took such a hard hit. So I feel you. Feel for you, Deshaun Watson. You're a great player. I hope you stay healthy and have a great, very successful and long NFL career. All right. Well, that was it. That was episode 18, week eight in the NFL, week nine, believe it or not, for college. We are almost to Halloween here, Chris. We're moving forward. We're almost about to turn the page in November, and that's where things really start to get interesting when it comes to football. Any final thoughts here, episode 18? Uh, get well week for us. Sorry we missed everyone last week, but, uh, you know, bursitis and illness happened, so uh, we got through. But excited to be back at it with Sam. This is uh, a great time of year. The weather's changing. The leaves have changed, and I'm on my 17th pumpkin spice beer latte, <laughs> you know, pie of some sort. So uh, yeah, nothing right. exceeds like excess. That's true. Everything in moderation, including moderation. moderation. That's, what, that's what my mom always said. So, All right. Awesome. Well, that'll do it for us guys for the LA Football Network, for the Believe Podcast Network, for Sad Cap, for Chris Lewart. I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next time. What I could be, what I could do, then we were new. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.